If you're really not doing well at creativity and creating, you need deadlines because you're allowing yourself to procrastinate. You're telling yourself a story that I'll get to it, it'll turn out great, I'll, I'll land on it, um, you know, I'll wait for inspiration. If you talk to journalists or daily vloggers or daily or weekly bloggers, they don't have time to wait to create. They don't even have time to suffer the feeling of inadequacy that comes when you feel like you're not creating well there's just no time for them to go, oh, I feel bad about myself, I'm not creating, because it's due. Hey, it's Brendan dropping in here on something special. I think the most important thing you can do in your life is to train yourself for real personal growth and success. What does that mean anyway? Well, you have to train your mindset and train your discipline so you can follow real habits of success, so that you can break through, so you can win the day more often, so you can crush through all those fears and actually unlock your real potential for abundance and happiness and power and joy. But how? Well, like all learning and all breakthroughs, you have to choose first to learn, to learn from the best, to invest in yourself, to do the work, to do the daily work. You have to train with the best, and that's why we created Growth Day's Mastery Program. Listen, we're going to train you to make self-improvement a real way of life, to unlock your positive attitude and attributes at a whole new level, to get you way more productive and influential, to show you the life and career strategies that make you unstoppable and really work. But how do we do that? Well, Every single week, we bring you a new $50,000 or $100,000 keynote speaker, multimillionaire, or world's foremost expert to switch your brain into high-performance mode, to teach you what really works in wellness, in health, in mindset, in productivity. People who really help you unblock and move ahead with really practical strategies for changing your life, your relationships, your health, your career, your mission, your purpose. Every month, we unlock a new course that would have cost you thousands of dollars to buy from other teachers on brain health or positive psychology or confidence. Every year, we give you free tickets to an unbelievable motivational and transformational seminar. Every day, I give you an advanced life coaching audio to keep your mind sharp, energized, focused, motivated, confident, ready to serve and to lead and to win and build your greatest future at the levels you dream of. And I promise you, you are capable of. Every day can truly be a growth day for you, but it takes mastery in life. And that's why we have our new program, Mastery Level in Growth Day. You can go to yearofmastery.com and it will direct you to our best program in Growth Day. This is for those who really want the advanced level, who really want a breakthrough, who are tired of, hey, listen, podcasts are great, but training is another level. Go to yearofmastery.com. You deserve to join the world's number one membership for advanced personal growth and success right now. This is a membership of the real people doing the real work who have a positive mindset, a growth mindset, a willingness to be a role model, to be a leader, to serve, who desperately and deeply and joyfully love personal development, to challenge themselves, to push themselves, to achieve great things in life. Go to yearofmastery.com. 
yearofmastery.com. Let's go. Yearofmastery.com. You're going to like this one. I promise you. In the context of all this, I appreciate and honor you for being here. You know, there's nothing better than scheduling some time, even if it's just for one hour, to focus on your personal development, to get some coaching, to get some new insights on how, to you, how you can become even better at everything that you do. So it's an honor to have you guys here. We have three big topics to cover. As I said, procrastination, what to do if you suck at creating, and how to de deal with those millies. Now, when we're talking about de dealing with all of that stuff, I know uh, we've got a lot to cover today. Let's jump right into procrastination. It's such a huge issue for someone, and I already saw someone post uh, today, Brendan, I was really motivated last week, I'm struggling this week, what do I do? So let's talk about procrastination. And I'm gonna lead with some research, and that is place. The power of place. You know, it's been found that where you're working really does matter to how much you procrastinate. For example, people who work in dark rooms tend to procrastinate more than who work in daylit rooms. People who work in places that they don't enjoy going to, that means including the commute, if they don't like the commute, if they don't like the office they're working in, if they don't find the space inspiring or something they like, they tend to procrastinate more because they're not externally inspired in some way. Now, you've studied my work long enough, you know I don't really believe in a lot of external you know, inspiration. I think we can use it for sure. We have to find great engagement and joy wherever we're at. You know, I started this career and was blessed to really grow it to a, a, over a seven-figure level working in a, a tiny apartment. So it, it's not about having to have those things, but as you get do better, go for it. My old studio where you shot me shoot, saw me shoot for the last you know uh, eight years, that studio was a huge bet for me at the time. I couldn't really afford it. I mean, it was a struggle. It was like, I don't know. They, I, I mean, at the time, I couldn't even get credit for it because I'd come through a bankruptcy and it was like a difficult time. And so I had to buy it in cash. So I had to really go for it in my business. And it was, it was a difficult time. Sometimes when you have a place to go to where work gets done, procrastination is an issue. If you're working out of your home, it can be very difficult. If you work out of your home, you need to find a space or a different place to work and you need to show up there on a regular basis to work. Otherwise, you'll keep procrastinating. In other words, along with your place, you need a schedule to go there. I mean, our videos would have never, ever gotten shot if it was just me at my home going, I guess it's time to shoot. I had a place, let's go have breakfast, let's shoot those videos. And the place became a part of us getting more done. And so, you know, it just happens if you don't have somewhere to go to get things done, you know, your, your phone is there. The TV's there, so it's nice to have a place that keeps you on pace. So, if you're struggling with procrastination, first check your environment. Is it a place that's set up for you to win? Do you enjoy going there? And do you have a schedule for going there? If not, obviously it's more likely you're not gonna be on point. Next big idea, though, is what we call three-way planning. So, this is a concept in overcoming procrastination that's proven by a lot of different research studies separately, but when you combine them, it basically says this. We procrastinate in the moment because we're unfocused, we're unsure, we don't know what to do. 
it's not necessarily that we don't have things to do, right? You know it, that's what procrastination is. You have things to do, but you don't. The reason you're procrastinating is usually a lack of energy or a lack of focus on what you're supposed to do. You don't really know what to do, so you don't do anything. Or you are overwhelmed. Well, all the research shows that ways to overcome those are pretty basic. So as an example, did you know if the night before you begin a day where you really gotta crush it and get things done, if just the night before, and not in the hour before you sleep, don't do that, but like the evening before, say six, seven, eight o'clock at night, if you just wrote down your schedule for the next day, you have to physically write, this isn't typing it or putting it in your calendar, the research is physically writing down the agenda and the goals for the next day. If you'll do that mid-evening the night before, you will procrastinate less the next day. I think that's because it, the, the, the goals and the why and the agenda sort of marinates in your brain subconsciously overnight. And in the day, you already know you're supposed to do it and just hit that flywheel effect. So when I say three-way planning, one way of those three ways is mid-evening the night before, write down your schedule and your goals for the next day. Then the second part of three-way planning is in that morning, you must always begin your morning with going over your schedule and your goals. Never, never, never just show up to work without that plan. You need to have that plan. You need to, that morning, be very clear about what the day is, what's important, and why. And if you don't do that, Yes, you can still hit high performance. Yes, you can still be great, but you will not be as consistent as you could be. There's something magical, and you guys all know this. I spend 20 minutes every morning just looking at the day, literally. It might just be, I might only have five things I have to do that day, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend, I'll sit 20 minutes thinking about each of those five things. That amount of thought and intention that goes into it allows me to show up and do a lot of things you see me do. People always say, geez, Brendan, you just, you just show up and talk. I'm like, yeah, but I, I probably gave it a good 20 minutes this morning of thought. Some people say, oh my gosh, you know, you get so much done. It's like, yeah, because you know what? When I was thinking that morning about the full day, I also usually axed a lot, took out a lot. Uh, I know I have to get things done. So what did I do? I pushed away a bunch of things that I already had on the schedule today from weeks, literally weeks or months ago, they're gone. So I can refocus today to make sure that I finish some of that. So your morning has to be planned. Third part of three-way planning is your weekly review. Every Sunday night, sit down and look at the week. And every Sunday night, when you look at the week, go, what do I not want on here? What can I move, shape, shift, quit? It's very important to do a weekly advance review. This is what we call three-way planning. Sunday night, you look at the whole week, move or add things. The night before, look at things, consider what you have to do and why. The morning of, do it again. And what you'll find is you'll stop procrastinating. Remember, a lot of procrastination is either because of lack of focus or overwhelm. You are more focused when you've planned and you have less overwhelm by double digits in almost all scientific studies when you have a plan. Overwhelm is almost always caused by random esoteric thinking about the future. Once you have a plan, it's not so scary, right? So three-way planning, you will love that concept. If you are not doing three-way planning, this little, this session, this last 10 minutes 
is worth your entire year in High Performance Monthly. I promise it will change the game for you. You need to institute this and do it every single Sunday, night before, and morning of. You will thank me for years. Last piece, if you're procrastinating, you are not communicating enough with people. Procrastination comes when we don't have a high enough necessity to get something done because we have not told people in our lives about our goals, our desires, our dreams, our ambitions, and we got no people keeping us accountable. So if you're struggling with accountable, you need to get around accountability. You need to get around some people who are driven, who know what you want to do. You need to get a high-performance coach if that's necessary for you. You need to get somebody who you are continually sharing your dreams with, uh, a buddy from an event, somebody who you know, who knows what you're after and what you're trying to do. That's not just something, often in, in my space, people only talk about that in the health space. You know, get a workout buddy. I'm like, no, you need life and work buddies. Like people, you talk your stuff through. Like I go to play racquetball with one of my friends and most of the time we just go play racquetball, but then usually about 20, 30 minutes in between or before or after, we also talk about life and career. If I didn't have that, I don't think I would, I think I'd more procrastinate. Cause I know usually on a weekly basis, I gotta go have that report. <laughs> you know, if you gotta give a report to somebody, you focus more. So who are you reporting to? And if you don't have anybody to report to, start reporting to your spouse, your partner, your lover, your friend, your teenager, somebody needs to know what you are trying to do. If people don't know what you are trying to do, look, there is stagnation and suffering in silence. When we are not communicating what's important to us, of course we'll procrastinate because our identity and our name isn't on the line. When it's on the line, we gotta do it, you know? A lot of my team will tell you, it freaks them out. I tell them what we're gonna do often a year in advance. And then they're like, worried the whole year, like, when are we gonna do this, <laughs> you know? But they'll tell you, that's what I do. I'm like, this is where we're going. And it might be months and months and months in advance, but we'll get there. I might not be on time, but we're gonna get there. And I think that's what's really important, is if you're not sharing those things out, you'd procrastinate. If I didn't tell my team we're hiring this summer, I'd just procrastinate hiring forever. Because you know what? It's a pain in the butt. Who wants to do that? But that's what procrastination is. It's that sound in your head saying, what a pain in the butt, who wants to do that? But if you shared that you will, then it's more likely that you will. Three big ideas in procrastination. If you'll follow them, I promise it will change the game for you and it will really help you. So Brandon, I plan my day the night before, then on Sundays, clients have emergencies or need information urgently. So my plan goes out the window. It happens one to two days a week. I get really upset with myself at the end of the day when I see most of the things on my list are not done. How would you deal with that? What we do is we give our agenda over to people who have what I call false emergencies. And that false emergency is someone, Brandon, I need this right now. You need to develop a response system that automatically you send to people who say, I need this now. Can you help me now? Can you do this now? Because look, and I know I, I get blowback every time I talk about this, but I, I mean it genuinely, and it sounds horrible, but you are not responsible for the train wrecks in other people's lives. Even if they're your clients, even if they're your clients, if your client has some sudden big, you know, catastrophe of timing, it's not your job to fix that for them. We think it is, but it's not, it's not. We're not their doctor and their emergency is probably not real. Usually their emergency is, I need to talk to you, I need to talk to you. And it's like, you really didn't, you could have sent me an email. So when people tell me, when they text me, can I get five minutes on the phone? 
Uh, I got this emergency. Can you answer this? I have this stock response that I sent to them that basically says something to the effect of, hey, I see this is really important to you suddenly right now. As you know, I plan my day and week in advance, just like you probably do. And there's a lot already pre previously scheduled to your current need. So could you please hit reply and let me know when the drop dead deadline is for you getting input, feedback, or having this call. And this is not when you would like to do it, that's your preference. And I can't honestly reply to your preferences today because we have so many people in front of you. What I'd like to know is when is the date when something doesn't happen that somebody dies, they are dead, a building will blow up, a project will end, catastrophe in front of people. Tell me the dead deadline, the drop dead deadline, not your preference, not I'd like to talk today. No, when will people bleed out their eyes and buildings explode? That's when I might talk to you. Let me know that day and I'll try to shuffle everybody else around you as you're having this need. I'll do my best to prioritize and serve with excellence as always. Thanks, Brendan. <laughs> Guess what? I found a tremendous amount of freedom in that way. Now, obviously I'm being a little facetious and I don't say exactly it that way, maybe. If I had coffee, I would say it that way, but I don't have coffee that much unless Travis feeds it to me. But I'm just saying, I think it's very important for you to have a stock immediate reply that says, sorry, I hear you have this going on. I have these things going on. Please let me know the drop dead deadline because I've got to shuffle everybody else around your sudden need. And I'll tell you what, lots of people, oh, you know what? Don't worry, Brendan. I'll figure out somewhere else. Oh, you know what? Could we do it next Thursday? Even though their text said, need to talk to you today. And most of the time I get on people who say, I need five minutes. I get on the phone with them. And for 10 minutes, they talk themselves in circles before they realize it was a complete waste of their time and my time. You set the standard for that. Um, this is from you guys saying, Brendan, what happens when I suck at creating? What happens when I'm not procrastinating and I'm, I'm, I'm working, but what I'm creating isn't the quality, the level of excellence or creativity that I wanted. What do you do? And I appreciate you asking me that, assuming that I would know the answer because I do suck at this sometimes. So what do you have to do? First and foremost, if you suck at creating, please remember High Performance Academy 101. You have to bring the joy to what you're doing. I know it's hard, I know it's difficult. Look, last night I was up till 3 a.m. working on my taxes and going over the stuff that the accountant sent till 3 a.m. And you know, that's, that's not too rare for me to be up that late, but in a day like this one, I gotta be in early, it's like, okay, I need to really focus on bringing the joy today, otherwise what I'm gonna create is gonna suck. So how can I do that? How can, how can I bring joy and enjoy this process even more? If you saw all this stuff on this table, it's like literally arts and crafts today because this brings me joy. You know, I'm having fun. Because creativity and creating good things requires play and all psychological research associated with the highest levels of mastery have found that the highest achieving people associate their craft with a sense of play. It's not that there aren't some curmudgeons out there who are doing it and really just hating it. Hey, it's Brandon. I'm jumping in here to tell you about another show on the Growth Day Podcast Network. Yes, both of my shows are on the Growth Day Podcast Network. My show, Motivation with Brendan Burchard and Marketing with Brendan Burchard. 
Those two shows are sponsored by the Growth Day Podcast Network, but we have four other incredible shows that we have launched with. The first show is Straight Up with Trent Shelton. Trent is just an incredible motivational speaker. If you've never seen this guy on stage or listened to his podcast, go subscribe to Straight Up with Trent Shelton. He's got over 12 million fans online. Why? Because he just brings the fire. He's so incredibly passionate. He's so knowledgeable about the struggles we have with our mental health, with our relationships. Um, and like I said, he's just absolutely a beast on stage. When you see Trent bring it, it's so incredible. Well, his podcast is a reflection of that. I mean, Trent's one of those guys charging 50 or $100,000 per keynote talk. And you can go access his podcast for free. That absolutely blows my mind. That's why I love podcasting. So go just subscribe to Straight Up with Trent Shelton. It's an incredible show that will keep you inspired. You'll hear about his real life struggles as he's trying to deal with his health. You know, being a former NFL player, an athlete when he gets injured or how he's trying to build his business or how he's trying to maintain positive relationship in his life where as a creator, you know, so many people are judgmental. He's an incredible force in this world, a great friend, and somebody I know you'll learn a lot from. I just love his episodes. So go to Straight Up with Trent Shelton and subscribe today. Hey gang, it's Brendan. I'm gonna change gears real quick and talk about another show here on the Growth Day Podcast Network, Lori Harder. Her show is called Earn Your Happy. This is a monster podcast if you've never heard of it before. Earn Your Happy is all about Lori talking with people and sharing her own journey of being an entrepreneur and trying to find happiness in life. And I love her phrase, earn your happy. You know, if you've ever heard me tell my car accident story, I felt like at that moment, I got life's golden ticket, that second chance, but I also felt like this, this feeling that I had to earn it, to earn that second chance. So when I got to know Lori and she told me her show was called Earn Your Happy, I was like, ah, oh, it's one of my favorite words in the English language, earn, to earn the gifts we've been given, to earn the life that we want, to work for it, to strive for it. I just love it. And Lori is like listening to her episodes. I told her the other day, I was like, it's kind of like listening to a best friend talk about, you know, their ambitions and what they're trying to do. And she's such a great interviewer as well, by the way, that I think you're gonna get new perspectives about life. You'll laugh a lot, you'll be motivated, and you'll learn from somebody who's out there actually doing the work, building a great business and life and family. Go subscribe to Lori Harder's podcast. It's called Earn Your Happy. You can subscribe anywhere you're listening, including right now on this platform. So please go subscribe to Lori Harder's Earn Your Happy podcast. If you've ever read Andre Agassi's um, biography, you realize for a lot of the years he was a champion, he hated it. And he was really only doing it to please previous expectations of his family his father particularly, if I remember right. And I think that's a way where you really get stuck in when you're creating for somebody else, you're creating to get 
and a certain attainment level, right? I've never shot a, done an online launch or written a book or shot a video hoping that it would get X number of views, X number of sales, sell so many books, achieve a specific result, ever. The one time I ever did it was when I decided I was gonna go for number one on New York Times, and that whole process was painful. Everything I was creating for it was painful because the outcome was tied to extrinsic rewards, external rewards versus internal rewards, that joy and that art and that satisfaction that comes from fulfillment of just doing the craft that you love. And I think it's really important that we all remember that because today everybody's after the external thing, the views, whatever. Literally, I've been doing, I've had partnerships in the last five months that people have gotten very frustrated, very frustrated with me because I wouldn't tell them the numbers. Well, Brendan, how many do you think this was, would sell? I'm sorry, I don't set sales goals. And they pulled, well, how do, you, how do you run your business without sales goals? I'm like, I just don't. I mean, I, I mean we, just, we just don't have conversion goals even. I mean, we know what's good or bad, but I've never said, Alex, this number, this money, dollar sign, oh my God. It's just not how we're doing it. We try to optimize, we try to do our best. We're always seeking excellence, always trying to do everything we can. We track everything, we wanna do better. But I just feel like the real goal and what you have to teach yourself in life is to bring the best of what you got to everything that you're gonna do and let the rest take care of itself. So if you suck at creating let me just begin, even before I really share the three strategies, make sure you unhook from this definition of I suck at it. Because the sucking part probably has some external expectation versus an internal joy of doing it. You won't say you suck at it if you're having fun at it. Does that make sense? You won't say you suck at it if you're having fun at it. You'll say you suck at it if you had some external expectation of it had to be a, a perfect thing. And if you are a perfectionist, OMG, please watch my YouTube video on that so I can harass you and make fun of you in that video. Okay, now back to I suck when I'm creating. <laughs> First, if, if you do find yourself in that place, if you're just having a tough day, go for a walk. This is so basic. I know it sounds like you know, kitchen table wisdom, but it actually is a tremendous amount of creativity research with the highest arts, uh, the, highest, the, the highest level of achievements of all artists, musicians, contributors, vloggers, across every realm possible. The highest achievers tend to go for a walk when they're stumped. And they do it proactively. Let me give you an example. Probably one person who I consider maybe the most successfully creative person in the world is Paulo Coelho. Paulo Coelho wrote The Alchemist, which many of you guys know. It's the sixth most read book in the history of the world now, The Alchemist. The sixth most read book in the history of the world. What does Paulo do? Follow him on Instagram. Every day, he goes for a walk. Every day. He has his daily walk, you know, every single day. Every day I walk outside a minimum of 20 minutes, every day. The only times I ever miss that rule is if I'm at my live events because I'm, I'm basically walking and putting on miles and miles and miles. But walk outside, yes, every day. Treadmill does not count. I don't care if it's raining, I don't care if it's snowing, go outside and walk. If you wanna be a more creative person, you need to be out in the sun's rays, in the earth, walking, moving, light. You need to have real air on you. You need to get outside, especially when you're stuck. If, if, if you're stuck 
immediately, the sense, the, the moment you feel like you're stuck, get up, leave, go for a walk. Don't even have a goal for the walk. Goal is, I'm not creating well, stand, walk. I promise you, it will change your life. Give me a shout out, all the people, you already know this, we got a lot of high performers here. How many of you go for a daily walk or when you suck, you get up and go for a walk because you know it will break your thinking pattern and it will generate new ideas. I'm curious to see how many walkers we have in our community and I bet it's a ton. High performers walk, they literally do and we know it from our surveys that they do it. So you'll see. Second big thing is, this is a big thing you'll be learning Release tension, increase intention. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. The next time you're stuck, go for your walk. When you come back, sit down at your desk, close your eyes, and do a release meditation. Just, it could be short, maybe two minutes, five minutes, where you just close your eyes and repeat the mantra, release to yourself. And as you say release, try to release all the tension in your neck, in your shoulders, in your chest, in your legs, in your feet. Just sink into the chair, release all of the tension. Soon as you got to that point where you feel like you released most of the tension in your body that you can, now set an intention. Say, okay, I'm about to create a PowerPoint for a new webinar. My intention is to make that webinar move swiftly throughout, have a lot of interest points, overcome a lot of objections, and get to a point before I even announce the price, they're gonna buy. I want the webinar to feel fun. Okay, open your eyes and create. That's what I mean by release tension, set intention. Okay, it's a simple little activity that I worked on to get some data and some uh, empirical research behind for my book, and it was so simple. Even just do self-experimentation, try it. Next time, try this, just next time you sit down at your desk, you wanna be more creative, close your eyes, release the tension in your body, soon you feel like you've achieved as much as that you can, set intention for the very next activity. It's incredibly important. Close eyes, do mantra, set intention, go. If you'll learn to do that every time your butt hits the chair or you're gonna change projects, you'll find an extraordinary level of energy and focus and creativity will come back into your life. You'll be stunned, I promise you. It's really, really powerful. Next up, oh dear, no one loves this one. If you're really not doing well at creativity and creating, you need deadlines because you're allowing yourself to procrastinate. You're telling yourself a story that I'll get to it, it'll turn out great, I'll, I'll land on it, um, you know, I'll wait for inspiration. If you talk to journalists, or daily vloggers, or daily or weekly bloggers, they don't have time to wait to create. They don't even have time to suffer the feeling of inadequacy that comes when you feel like you're not creating well, so you have all this time to do. I'm not creating well, this isn't good, and you keep working to perfect it and perfect it and perfect it, and you hate yourself. They don't have time for that. And what I mean is they don't have time. There's just no time for them to go, oh, I feel bad about myself, I'm not creating, because it's due. When it's due, you don't get to suffer the creativity. You ever have that paper due in high school or college? And it was due, and it was 12 pages, 20 pages. You hadn't even started it until six o'clock. You sit down at six o'clock, you work to make that deadline. When you get there, you don't have time to go, oh, I wasn't creative enough, I'm just not creative. It's like, you get it done, you turn it in. So if you wanna get rid of the suffering, 
set the deadline. Let me say it again. If you want to get rid of the suffering, set the deadline. It will change the game for you. You'll be so happy that you did that. I promise you. What we found in one of our surveys was that high performers set deadlines more consistently and fr frankly, what it seems like for every project, more so than underperformers. Underperformers just say someday, high performers know the day. It's the difference. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that too. This is a big one. How do you lead this generation? Let me tell you how not to lead this generation. First and foremost, don't tell yourself the story that the media has perpetuated that, you know, the millennials are lazy. Don't let yourself tell yourself that the millennials aren't smart. Don't let yourself say that they're, uh, uh, you know, entitled or whatever, or think they're so smart or think they should have your job, all these things that the media is trying to perpetuate. Don't let anyone tell you that the millennials have issues because of parenting or technology or the world's so different today because all those people are telling you that because it's clickbait. All those people are doing something that is probably the worst thing that we can ever do for any generation of people. They're stereotyping. And when you hear someone stereotyping, you should immediately begin disqualifying what they're saying. When someone says, all millennials are like this because they have technology like this, that person is usually a, not a very deep thinker. When someone says, all millennials are like this because their parents were all like this. When you say all parents are like this, that means you're not a very deep thinker. I know it's great for clickbait. I know it can get tons of video views, but you also see, I never do that stuff because perpetuating stereotype is ignorance. Perpetuating claims against any generation or any group of people. It's the same thing as saying red states are that way all the time, blue states are all the way that time. It's ignorance. Stereotyping will always be ignorance. It's the same thing that we've gone through generation after generation. Talk to your grandparents. You know what they're gonna say? Say, Grandpa, when you were like, you know, a parent, did you think that the new generation was stupid, entitled, lazy, trying to take jobs, think they knew everything. Every generation thinks the younger generation is crazy. This is nothing new. The only difference of today is today, one stereotype that is true, today older generations are equipped to about it more. How do you lead this generation? I'm gonna make a non-stereotypical claim because I think it's the same for everybody. First off, I don't believe that the generation in general is dealing with a motivation problem, right? Young people traditionally and by age and science have been proven to be driven, right? It's the same. It's not, that is not a stereotype. Psychological research shows that young people are driven, that they have a lot higher levels of often motivation and ambition than people later on in their lives. Partially, sometimes they don't know exactly what's going on. So that's okay, but that's not for everybody because you and I both know 14 and 15 year olds who aren't motivated. However, I would say, I just wanna combat what's being said in the media. I don't think millennials are struggling with motivation. I don't think they're struggling with meaning. I don't think they're struggling with technology. I don't think they're struggling with parenting. I think just like any generation that needs this, leadership, I think any person that needs leadership, if you are going to lead this generation or your current team or your 60-year-old person, you're gonna to have to have two things. The first thing is you have to realize the five most important words in all of leadership. People support what 
they create. People support what they create. That's important. No one is going to develop into the, them best selves unless you go through a process with them where you're collaborative in helping them discover what do they want? What do they want to contribute? What don't they know? How do they feel? Where do they want to play? And there's gotta be conversational. It always has to be conversational. If it's not conversational, if they're not in some way building their roles, if they're not in some way contributing in a way that they feel like they came up with, then they have no skin in the game. And if they have no skin in the game, of course they're not gonna be motivated, driven, focused. Of course they're gonna sit around like, well, I don't wanna do that. Because they didn't get to participate in the conversation. So everybody wants to be, have that participation in the conversation. But I will also share with you this, and it's really important. The number one thing for leadership, and especially those who don't have as much experience, and whatever the way that is, Yes, you could say millennials don't have as much experience, but they have more experience doing this, 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 and this than maybe you do. But here's the reality. If you're going to help serve inexperienced people, whether that's the 60-year-old starting, she's new and she's on your team, or it's somebody you know early in their career in a new topic area, or it's somebody who literally is just right out of high school or college, your number one job is teaching excellence, that's your job, is to teach excellence. When somebody's new at something, they throw a lot at the fan and often they're confident about it because they don't really know what they're supposed to be doing. Your job is to sit people down and teach them excellence. Say, I see that you did this, but did you notice this detail? I see that you did that, but look how other people are doing it. And not to accuse, not to make them feel insufficient, it's to help them identify the areas in which they are not paying attention to context or, or detail. Let me say it again. Find the areas they're not paying attention to excellence in terms of context or detail. Meaning they contribute something that's great, but if you don't think it's great, you need to give them the context to other things that are great. So they can say, oh, oh, I see that. I see that. For example, when someone writes a crappy report, when I was teaching, uh, I, many of you guys know in grad school, I actually got to teach some classes. I taught public speaking in grad school. And when someone gave me an outline and it sucked, I didn't just say, young woman, this sucks. I'd say, you know what? Here's some things that I, I noticed are missing in your detail, but also, can I give you an example of another one outline that I really loved? And by giving them the context, now they learn by comparison. People are forgetting that with the younger generation or somebody who's new in their area. They don't know if what they've contributed is good. They're doing it from their perspective. And unless you check that perspective to others, if you don't compare and contrast, they don't know. So that's context. Context is comparing and contrasting to other things of great excellence. When they see other things of great excellence, it's like, oh, for example, a lot of people send me stuff on, you know, Brendan, what do you think about this Kickstarter project? And I'll look at it and I'll just Google other Kickstarter projects and I'll send them the other Kickstarter projects without even commenting on theirs. I'll be like, looks good, looks like it's your best so far. Other people are doing things like this. You might take some of the things they're doing and see how you can iterate to your next best version. That's a nice way of giving feedback. It's not saying it sucks. It's saying, let me show you context of other people doing excellent things. Right? We do that here. I've been showing my team lots of videos that we like online so that we take our game to the next level. 
right? I think that's just part of what you have to do. Share context. That's part of teaching excellence. Second thing, part of teaching excellence out of context is attention to detail. When somebody's new, they don't pay attention to details. They're just trying to get it done and not look stupid, right? They're not into the details yet. But if you really want to lead somebody, you have to teach them to care about every little detail. It's important, right? It's important because people won't do that unless you lead that. They just don't know to do it. And I think what really bothers a lot of people about newbies, whether you call them millennials or the 60-year-old starting their new job, is because they don't have context and they're just trying to get something done. They don't know yet to have that critical eye. And so their work seems like it's less good. And the reality is, it is. But it's not because the person's insufficient, it's because they haven't gotten that point yet in mastery where they really care about the finer details, right? I know that's hard, but that's what it really means. If you want to lead this generation or anybody new at anything, your job is to teach excellence. You can do that by providing, compare and contrasting. You can do that by detail. And then ultimately the last big piece is just role modeling. When you show up and you do well every single time and the people around you see it, it raises their game. When you show up and you half-ass it once in a while, don't be surprised when you have a half-ass team. You gotta show up every single time. My team show, sees me do that every single time, even when it's hard. When it's you know 3 a.m. sleep, I'm still gonna show up with full energy the next day. I'm gonna will myself into that condition and train myself into that. If I'm sick in an event, I'm still going to deliver. It's just, you have to. When they see that over and over and over, they show up. And believe me, your team or the people that you're leading, they have their bad days too, and it's okay. When they have that, it's not your job, again, to fix a train wreck, but it's your job to show it's possible. If you do that enough, keep showing what's possible, keep making them part of the conversation, and keep inspiring attention to detail, game changer, my friends. Okay, but I hope you've enjoyed today. We went through a lot. Was this a, this was like a mouthful of High Performance Monthly. I hope you all enjoyed it. I appreciate you being here. I look forward to serving you next month. Until then, Consider some of the ideas we talked about today. Put those strategies into play. You'll see your life improve. As always, go out every day, live fully, love openly, and make your difference today. Hey, I wanted to hop in here and share with you my love for community.com. Every major celebrity uses US presidents use this. The biggest companies in the world use this. They give you a 10-digit phone number, but it's kind of like having an inbox for your texting. You can segment it to people um, and they can reply back. And it's just really cool because you can also send video and you can send audio. And it's so beautiful of a design that it's really easy to figure out. You know, I don't like all those other systems that send out like some weird little code that you just know is like a promotion. The reason they called it community.com is because they really believe you have to have a text community in the modern area. Texting adds a whole other level. People open up their texts way more. It's way more you know, effective as a promotional vehicle. And it's something that I deeply, deeply believe in. In fact, I invested in them and I've advised the senior team. I'm telling you what, my audience loves it. It's increased the engagement across everything I do. And you can get a free demo when you go to community.com. Just like it sounds, community.com.
Check it out. Hey, are you on my text list? Did you know if you're in the U.S., you can text me at 1-503-212-6125. I actually have that text number on my Instagram account bio as well, if you want to go check it out. It's just 503-212-6125. Literally just text me and say, hey, Brendan, or text me and say anything you want to say. If you want me to see it, just text me there. It's 503-212-6125. And it's my exclusive text list. And if you're not on it, it's where I share some of my most popular episodes. Or if I drop a new YouTube, I send it your way. Or if I have some kind of free thing going on the internet, I give that exclusive link out to that group. So just go there and text me, 503-212-6125. It's kind of cool. It's back and forth. This is my community text number. So tons of my community share, you know, insights about what they're learning from me or just want to chat back and forth. And I'm in there. My team's in there. We really just try to engage you on a different platform. It's super fun. And again, anytime I have something special going out, this is the first group to know about it. So just go text me at 503 212 6125.